I had never heard anyone else say relational innovation, emotional and relational innovation. And it, it really is one of the things that drives me and my curiosity and love of humans and connection and just all the places we go. I've always, I'd say always lived life all in. There's, there have been times where I've, but like just that love of life, that love of the experience. And so for the first 18 years, it was very much like just whatever came, I was fully immersed and experienced in. And then when I was about 19, it was as if God picked me off of one path and put me on another. Welcome home to Soul Shine Radio. I'm your hostess, Lindsay Martin Ellis, embodied intuitive, spiritual guide, author, and speaker. This is your sacred virtual sanctuary where myself and heart-centered guest experts will be sharing through a multidimensional lens our innate wisdom, practices, transmissions, and activations to support you in navigating the integration of your spiritual journey and human experience. I am here to help you bring the pleasure, presence, and play back into your soul's evolution. To surrender into the great mystery so that you can embody your magic and become a magnet for miracles. And of course, to remind you of the gift in breaking wide open because it's the cracks that allows your light to shine through. It's time to unleash and radiate your unique soul shine because the world craves your radiant light now more than ever. You ready? Let's do this, love. Hello, beautiful humans. Episode 40. Wow, 40 episodes. Holy shit. I'm approaching my one year anniversary of launching the podcast. It would be August 8th is the one year anniversary. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you to those who are tuning in. And, you know, for the, the, the beginning baby stages of this podcast, I was repurposing a lot of content and it was my way of like having my training wheels on still. And then organically, I've started to invite some um, of my sisters onto the show, some new sisters, some sisters who have been in my life for many years, and also just people who are shining their light and who are inspiring the fuck out of me. And sometimes I just put my big girl panties on and I drop an Instagram voice note to someone (laughs) who I don't know, but their work and their messaging is deeply impacting me and I'm getting yeses and it's because I'm in my heart. Um, and it's, it's true. It's, it's, I'm being in integrity, right? So it's like, I can still have the fear and the emotions emerge. And then it's like, I remember who the F I am, right? Like I have a deep desire to support humanity during this time. And the podcast is lighting me up and, I get to use my voice and I get to ask and the answer is always no if I don't ask and it's been it's been a lot of fun so I'm now noticing like I connected in actually just before this I went outside and I was doing some chanting and some breathing and I was connecting in with my higher self and I was just like okay what is the most important thing for me to know and there's a lot during this eclipse time for me around using my voice and integrity even more And, you know, it's like (laughs) what my higher self kept saying to me was like, people are going to get you and people are not going to get you no matter what you do. So you just you just get to keep being you and to keep stretching and to keep expanding. And one of the things that's been crystallizing for me is that, you know, it's like I did not come here and none of us did to learn. We came here to remember. And so there's this subconscious patterning that I'm moving through right now that is deeply connected to my fear of being myself. Like I have a deep fear that when I am myself, I am rejected. So I've been moving through that and connecting with my higher self and my soul in order to reprogram the subconscious. That's really just this machine that, you know, it's just programmed within us. There's no emotions attached to it. It just goes, it just does. So just having that deeper connection with my inner being and and trusting and flexing those muscles and, 
you know, I, I just want to share like I was outside in my backyard and I was chanting and I was singing and I was channeling light language and I was breathing and I was connecting to the earth. And I'm like, you know what? This shit is helping me so much. This is who I am. This is what makes me feel alive. I mean, the amount of energy that I have right now, I, I feel like I can't even explain the feeling inside my body. And so I'm sitting here like practicing what I preach and practicing what I teach, which is like, it doesn't matter what it looks like. What matters is how it feels. And so I want to keep being honest with you about how deep I'm going in connecting with myself and following intuitively what that looks like for me and how to be in the rapture even more. And where else do I want to go with that? So, you know, just having that awareness of whatever happened in my childhood or in previous incarnations around this fear of needing to be polished and needing to be perfect and needing to fit in so that I'm not casted out. That's how it feels. It's like I must fit in so that I'm not casted out. And even though my mind knows it, even though my heart knows it, right, even though I know that I am here to be different and so is each and every one of us, there's still a program that is playing in the background that is still moving in autopilot. So I've been stretching more with using my voice, with asking people to be on the podcast, with taking risks, with being seen more. And now I've taken my training wheels off and it feels like, all right, this podcast, like, of course, I might repurpose old content that's still valid and valuable. But now it's like I'm excited to bring people on and to have candid, real conversations and raw conversations and invite new people in. What's so funny about this is since I've started to claim this, I've had, and I'm not going to share any secrets yet, but I've had some really big names, like very big influencers, people with massive audiences around the world starting to reach out to me to be on the show. And I kind of chuckle at it. Actually, there's a sound healer that I use a lot of her a lot of her medicine music in my in my private and group coaching, <laughs> like mentoring world. And her team reached out to me to be on the show and we're connecting, um, I believe in June or July. And I'm just like, I'm very, very, I'm excited about it because this is how it works, right? It's like, I'm using my voice and, and asking people that I genuinely want to connect with for the show to support humanity and to continue to spread the messaging. And then it's almost like that reciprocity, right, is coming back. And then I have other people that are wanting to connect with me in this way and to be on the show. And I'm having a lot of fun doing it. And this is a lot about what Sasha Sterling and I talk about on the episode today. So the title I called this is Exploring the Sacredness of Emotional and Relational Innovation. And Sasha and I go into emotional and relational in innovation. I asked her what it meant at the beginning of the show, and we kind of just carried it through, right? Like human consciousness, emotions, how to connect with our our desires to emotionally manifest, right? What it is that we are calling in and relations. We talked about her relationship with her mother, her father taking his own life a few years back, connecting with her daughters, parenting, mothering, sistering, <laughs> being a woman's advocate and, and a, you know, spirit led entrepreneur and all of these things. And, you know, Sasha, I hired, I met her in Beauty Unleashed and on Ahita June's program. And I just felt like this earth angel energy. And I then hired her as my business coach. And now she's completely shifted gears and She's a, she has another business with three other sisters called the Bee Sisterhood. There's an upcoming retreat for that. Actually, I'm going to be there for a part of it in um, San Diego, California in a couple of weeks. I can't remember the dates because I'm moving. <laughs> so sometime in like mid to the end of May. Um, so definitely go check that out. And she's also teaching women how to host their own prosperous retreats, which I've also signed up for um, to learn from her because I know that I am, my work is also shifting to more in-person work and to traveling to different ley lines around the world and supporting supporting those who 
um, want to harness the power of these sacred lands for a deep activation and remembrance. And like Sasha, I, I, I'm starting to notice and Sasha and I talk about this all the time. Like I can now tell when people are bullshitting and when people have masks on and I can tell when people are, for example, connected spiritually, but not in their bodies. Or I can tell when people are so in their humanness that there's a severed connection with source. I can tell when people are from my cosmic cloth, like when they're from my fractal lineage, I can, and I can just tell when it's like, oh, this person's cool. Like I want to hang out, but I can tell when there is a deep remembrance. And I have that with Sasha. We have that with each other. And we have a deep connection. She texted me this morning, like, I woke up thinking about you. Everything okay? And I've been having, she's been in a lot of my dreams. Um, actually, that was a couple of weeks ago. She was in my dreams like every day for two weeks. <laughs> um, and we just have this vision collaborating in in certain ways. And um, like the more that I anchor into the center point of uh, in the zero point of who I am, the deeper my remembrance is with her. And it's just like, it's just, it's perfection, right? Because it's like the more that we drop in and anchor into ourselves, we call in our fractal lineage, we call in our fractal family. And this is when it just becomes easier, right? Because you have the support of the divine, you have your, it's right, it's like you're calling in your allies who you've had ties with in previous incarnations to continue your sacred work. And it just, it feels very supportive. It feels nourishing. Um, there's a couple of things that Sasha and I have confided in with each other and we're like, okay, we're going to call each other forward in these ways. And it's like, we see each other even in our messiness and humanness, but we see the, that, that power, you know? And so one of my teachers always says like everyone has the sparkle of the divine within them and some some souls are just a bit more mature than others and that's just where they right there's no comparison and so for me in full transparency i'm i know that i'm a mature soul and there's a part of my subconscious programming that wants to say that that's not true that wants to say that this is happening too quickly. How could this be possible? I don't have enough experience. Yada, 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 yada. And then there's this deep, deep, deep knowing of the remembrance happens so quickly. And it's just like, whoa, it's anchored in. This is what I came here to do. This is who I came here to be. And calling in the people in my life that I get to support, that get to support me. And that in turn gets to support the collective. So this conversation, we didn't have anything planned, but, you know, I love this, this emotional and, and relational innovation. It's a lot around, right, connecting with our emotions and leveraging our emotions, allowing our emotions to move through us and how to be in relationship with the people in our life. And Sasha has a podcast called Exploring All That Is Sacred. And so that's why I put that in the title, right? Because it's like everything is sacred. The most sacred thing is what it is, is what is, period. I'll say it again because I stumbled on my words. <laughs> I told myself I was not going to like edit any of this bullshit. Like if I stumble across my words, if I say something like it's all good, right? It's like trusting that whatever is emerging from my voice is meant to be heard. So exploring the sacredness of emotional and relational innovation, right? The most thing that is sacred is what is. So our sacred shit is sacred. Our darkness, our shadow, our emotions, the times that we make mistakes and that we fuck up, all of that is sacred. And that is why Sasha is so inspiring to me because she is so, she's so honest. She's so honest and she's honest about what it takes. And she's so inward, but also so relational and, and, and such a beacon of light and she really moves deeply through her process and she's not afraid to share what she's been through and there's a lot of synchronicities in what I believe you know Sasha and I both carry in terms of the codes of experimentation and really trying things on and just being as as authentic and in integrity as possible and showing people that 
our vulnerability is our strength, right? It's like our voice is powerful and it requires so much vulnerability. It requires so much, um, right? It's like you're just naked and exposed and that brings up a lot. And so I'm extremely grateful that Sasha and I have reconnected again in this lifetime. I cannot wait to see her live and in the flesh in a couple of weeks in May. So just make sure if if you're resonating with this conversation, I invite you to explore <laughs> her podcast, Exploring All That Is Sacred. going to drop that in the show notes. Her website, SashaSterling.com. You can uh, drop into her email list for support on on your awakening journey and to enter her world a bit more. And she's got retreats and she's got courses and things like that coming up. And then go to besisterhood.com if you're interested in the sacredness of sisterhood and sustainability and true, true, true divine feminine leadership and sistership and being in connection and and being in circle right and and truly letting go of comparison and jealousy and competition and 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 if those resonances come up for example like welcoming that and 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 honoring that as sacred so that we can move through it so that we can continue to move towards unity consciousness celebration welcoming witnessing all of it acceptance true 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 acceptance so go to besisterhood.com if you want to see me at the retreat and Sasha and a couple of our other dear sisters. And I'm sure there's a way to sign on to an email list as well, just to stay connected for for further offerings from them. And that's really all I got, I think, for now. Um, there's a lot happening in my world, a lot of movement. And I feel like I get to keep that internally um, until after the move. Everything's feeling delicious and yummy. I've got some travel coming up. My honey's got some travel coming up and everything is in forward motion for this next chapter of our lives. And what it's taken is deep listening and and taking action on the deep listening. And that is something that Sasha, it does a beautiful job modeling to the world. So trust me, she's just being in her presence is deeply healing and magnetic and just like delicious and radiant and yummy. (laughs) So I will stop gawking over my beautiful friend, Sasha. I hope you enjoy this episode and the rawness of it, the realness of it and the intimacy of it. And I would love to hear what opens up for you in this conversation. And I will catch you next week for another episode. Much love. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for another week of Soul Shine Radio. I am delighted and honored to have the lovely Sasha Sterling here today. If you want to say hello. Hey, Lindsay. Hello. I'm so happy to be here on your show. Yeah, and we were catching up before this and, you know, we talk pretty much on the regular and it feels just like another conversation that the world just gets to hear some of the conversations and the richness and the lightness and the depth that we get to cover. So I pulled up your website, SashaSterling.com, and I just read your your short bio here. And I love, I'm just going to read a few things. And what I loved is that you said, for the last 20 years, you've poured your energy and focus into the exploration of human consciousness, emotional and relational innovation, and most of all, love in action. So I think I kind of want to start there. 20 years is a long time. (laughs) I imagine through some personal experiences, right? You've explored your own consciousness and, and, you know, emotional and relational innovations and how your relationship with self and with other has evolved. And of course, I would love to hear what it means to be love in action. So let's just dive right in wherever you want to start with that. Oh my, yes. Well, (laughs) I had never heard anyone else say relational innovation, emotional and relational innovation. And it, it really is one of the things that drives me and my curiosity and love of humans and connection and just all the places we go. I've always, I'd say always lived life all in. There's, there have been times where I've, but like just that love of life, that love of the experience. And so for the first 18 years, it was very much like just 
whatever came, I was fully immersed and experienced in. And then when I was about 19, it was as if God picked me off of one path and put me on another. And it was the first intentional leadership program that I went to. My mom sent me and my sister to Debbie Ford's three-day shadow process workshop. And she really advocated for us to get in because they thought we were too young. And I'm so grateful that she stood for us. She had gone through it herself and it completely changed her life. She went from hardly being able to make eye contact with people and working really shit jobs to really taking on taking herself on and becoming a coach and creating this amazing business and leading women's circles. And so, you know, she really led the way for me in that way. And so from that moment, I remember it was the second day of a three-day experiential, immersive leadership experience. It was the second day. And I remember floating in the infinity pool. This was in San Diego, California, and looking up at the birds flying by. And I, and I, Everything in my body said, everything is going to be different now and everything has. And so I, that was really the turning point. And now I, I just turned 38 this month. So it's been, yeah, 20, 20 years, almost to the day. I never knew that story about you. <laughs> well, I knew bits and pieces, but I didn't know, you know, just that moment, right? It's like, we have these moments that are ingrained in our DNA. And I believe it's through that emotional experience, right? Of, like you remember that moment floating in the pool, looking at the sky, being held by water and knowing that your life was forever changed. And I'm also looking at your website here where you talk about all of the things, the master empowerment coach, the serial entrepreneur, women's advocate. And then you say mother, daughter, sister, friend, and you have two daughters. And I was just talking about this with another sister today about like, Gosh, if they would teach children these things in school, <laughs> like if they would teach children how to breathe, how to feel their feelings, right? How to, how to meet those parts of self, right? Those shadowy, crunchy, salty parts of self. And yeah, I would love to go there with you around knowing that your mother supported you and your sister and advocated for you and how you get to continue on with that legacy and, and what you're doing in your service work and in, in the confines of your own home to, to support this movement that, you know, we're ushering into at this time. Absolutely. My mom was always big on emotional literacy. And I was one of the, like deep feeler, no problem there. My sister, on the other hand, would be flooded by emotions and wouldn't be able to identify them. So I don't know if you remember the emotions bear where you like put together the bear and put on the face with the like the frown or the smile. And so like my earliest memories are around around emotional education and a high value on on um, caring for people. That was something that was modeled. The big distinction, though, that I have learned and stand by my own mothering is, is whatever we're doing, are we doing it from love or fear? And, you know, that's really so important to me, the heartbeat around, around relating to the world and relating to parenting relate through the lens of love, um, not fear, because whatever we're doing, it's like the quality of the, you know, of who, where are we coming from as we're, you know, teaching our children or exploring or our own relationship to life. And so that is up big time right now. Um, for me, I, my father, as you know, took his life. He died by suicide five, a little over five years ago, and it tremendously shaped me. Um, and there's another member in our family right now who's in a complete mental crisis moment and got some news this morning that's really scary. And, you know, just, um, peace of mind and that the 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 moment in the pool I'm just going to circle back the moment in the infinity pool why life was always was never going to be the same always different was because it, I really got it it was like an inner switch that oh life isn't happening to me it's happening for me and when we realize that we're powerful creators powerful co-creators and that like truly just understand on every part of us that life is happening for us, not to us. It is, it's like putting on a different set of goggles, like, oh my gosh, this, this whole new world opens up. And so that is my, that is my intention and aim that my daughters 
get to experience that. And also it's the biggest surrender to know that they came here with their own divine assignments. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, I don't, I'm not in charge. And they're yeah, 12 and a half and 14 and a half. And it's um definitely the most awe-inspiring and the most talk about love and action, right? I'm sure the other mamas here are listening can relate to that. It's just, it's like nothing else. Mm. Yeah. Well, I am gathering research right now of all my conscious mama friends, right? And that seems to be a, a theme, right? That thematic of like, where do we start? Like, where do we allow them to make mistakes and to learn and to grow in their own way? And where or do we protect? And I could imagine that line is constantly shifting and changing. And it's probably a very gray line. And how scary to know that you created a human, right? And as a dependent of you, right? Until the age of 18, right? Just like that responsibility, but also, like you said, knowing that divine assignment and knowing in the back of your mind. And what I love about you is how open and honest you are, right? So it's like knowing that you have the awareness of that divine assignment. It doesn't mean that we always honor it in that moment because we're human. So can we talk about the humanness of that? Because the other day, I heard you say our humanity is our superpower. And and I was like, okay, I realize now our humanity is our superpower once we're connect reconnected to our divinity. Like, right? Once we are truly reconnected, our humanity is everything. It's the experience of life. It's smelling the gardenias that I have here in, in a beautiful vase that I pulled from my backyard, right? It's it's motherhood and all of the lessons and learnings and how that's supporting you and your evolution as well. So do you want to go there for a minute? Because that's why I believe you and I are reconnected again in this incarnation is like the willingness to be open about the hardships and the mistakes and the shadow and the getting it wrong in order to alchemize what we know to be true in our hearts. A hundred percent. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I call my girls angels all the time and it's really been important to me in the last year to just to give add-ons like you know that angels are all of it right like mean and sassy and bitchy and nasty and that like you know it's like the the divinity in the light and the shadow so that's like a big piece of my my parenting right now as they are fully in puberty and you know i mean it's just it's a whole new world so yeah not um glorifying just the parts that are acceptable by society something happened last year that really tested me um around this and i i'm just going to assume it's okay so i won't reveal names but one of my daughters really can be very pointed and sharp, at least at this stage, and disconnected emotionally, and lash out. And so something happened that was revealed that got really escalated. And we got she got asked to leave the school. And this is like was like the hold on to, you know, our beautiful young years in Waldorf. And it was like, Oh, my God, and the amount of like shaming from the other parents and the like, it just, it escalated so fast. And um, so there were a few pieces to it. Like we've gone through a lot of change, you know, COVID distance learning. She didn't respond well to distance learning, real estate fraud, divorce, moving across the country. She's experienced a lot of disruption. So I got to really look at like, where did I co-create this? Like, where does she get to be supported found a really amazing therapist who's been an amazing ally, but it really brought me to a lot of my own shame around like, Oh my gosh, like how could I have allowed my child to be like the mean one, you know? And like, Oh my gosh, the stigma of like, you're not welcome here. Like you need to leave. It brought up a lot of pain and, and it was really uncomfortable to witness her be so disconnected from her impact and just the patience around like creating the space for her to drop into her impact and like the weeping that happened for a few weeks and like just that like seeing her really at this new like 
stage of her experience where, yeah, she's not an extension of me. Like, okay, like, here we go. The, the individuation is happening. And so that's, that was definitely, I mean, that's definitely a human, human moment. Just like, how do we, yeah, like being in communities and in relationship and the, like the messiness and the humanness, the biggest part for me at this step of it, cause this is now maybe eight months ago is yeah, I really got to see my bias that I still have a bias that to be nice is to be better. <laughs> to apologize is to be better. And her therapist has questioned me and I'm so grateful for her perspective. Why, like, really, like, why are you rushing her to apologize when she's not ready to apologize? What if she's never ready to apologize? Like, what's what in you is this triggering? And she also got to really feedback to me that um, my bias towards people who are warm hearted rather than tough minded, and that actually both warm heartedness and tough mindedness are two sides of love. And so I just feel like I'm deep in it with my children as my teachers. And, um, I don't presume to know what's right. Like I think, right. The, the other, you know, the opposite of a truth is another truth. So it's so paradoxical and it's really, um, dynamic. And I just, you know, and I think this is where before we hit record, you and I were talking about this, like around, you know, how sovereignty in relationship, whether it's motherhood or with friends or with clients. And then also that like, the interconnectedness, like where, when to be in which role. So that's just a little yeah. bit my turn on this. Don't you love how, right, we're having a, a brief conversation off off record and then it's tying back in, which is the subtle energetics of like, okay, this is where we get to go. And we see it, right? Every relationship is just a mirror of, of our relationship with self. And what actually emerged as you were talking about that is like that deep rooted wound from century after century around bringing shame onto the family and how families were excommunicated from villages and from towns, right? And and like that disgrace that is put upon us and how so much of that lives inside of our DNA. And I just was like, okay, this is how like to me, it's like Sasha meeting this part of herself, like whether it's ancient or whether it's from this lifetime or a little bit of both, just like healing your wounds. And as a byproduct, the collective heals and as a right and consciousness shifts. And I also want to circle back to because right before you were talking about your dad, I had the this memory of you sharing how you went to this grieving retreat. And I believe one daughter or both of your daughters were there. And so I'd love for you to share about that, right? Because you feeling your emotions during this traumatic time in your life and this time of loss and whatever you were experiencing to not hide that from your daughters feels important to talk about. And and it's almost like the evolution. Like I just have all this running through my mind right now of like, what if that was you teaching your daughters the foundation and this is now them practicing like this is your daughter in her adolescence practicing how do i act from love or fear oops i think i acted out of fear whoopsie well now i know and now i have this spaciousness to experiment right and to learn so yes after my father's death it really I was at the peak of my career. My coaching business was thriving. We had just sold a few of our other brick and mortar businesses. I hosted my first in-person three-day event at a huge hotel. Like I was on the up and I had taken on a lot more responsibility because of the state I was in. And then it was as if like someone just came with a bulldozer and like knocked me down. And um, it was so talk about bringing shame to the family. I felt humiliated. The fact that I, that the, the universe had set it up where I was needing to be so public facing for me as you know, like I couldn't just retreat and cut off all responsibility. Like there was something around the like being visible and in relationship and supporting people with uh, their transformation while I was in this very messy grief process was the most humiliating experience of my life. And I've come into deep reverence for that initiation. And so it's interesting you touched on that reflection around like the 
the lifetimes of that. So I've alchemized that and there's like major codes in it. Part of how I was able to do that was through a grief ritual that happened. I went with my daughters in Northern California. There's, it's called the Women's Herbal Symposium. It's so good for any like hippie priestesses that want to reconnect with herbs and plants and medicines. It's just, oh, it's amazing. And um, so I went with one of my best friends and her kids and we camped and I was just... I wasn't even searching. I was just a shell. I was just a shell. It was maybe six months after, you know, fresh. And I was, um, yeah, like suicidal ideations. Like I was learning about complex grief and just trying to cope, like working 50 hours a week in my business, full-time momming, all of this. Things were going down with my husband at that point who decided to go raw vegan like a month before (laughs) this all happened. So I was like, everything is changing really fast. and um. So the kids were all off. It was nighttime. There was a big campfire. This is over many, many acres. And a woman, Lara Lowen Treadaway, she is a, she's a shaman. She's, she's unlike anyone I've ever met. And she led a group grief ritual. And she too has Irish heritage. And I didn't know that public keening was banned in the forties in Ireland, that women would come and, and grief, like process their grief through noisemaking and keening. And it was outlawed in the, in the late forties. And I didn't, I had never heard of it. And I naturally make a lot of sounds. Like one of my coping mechanisms was like getting in the car and like screaming and hitting. And like, I would do, you know, but something about like the intentionality, the weaving of our prayers and the like going to the wailing wall. And she guided us through this process. And I just sobbed and yelled. And one of the most profound things about this is that all the women match whatever the noise is. So if there's like soft crying, there's like this, you Mm. hear this like circle of soft crying. If you're yelling, there's yelling. And so Lara, I was so loud and she was like, come on. And like, everyone got to rise to like meet me in my expression. And I'll never forget when I was like at a pause point, I look over and there's Aria. There's my girl. And I'm just going to say it's Aria who had the whole thing last year. (laughs) Aria, if you're listening to this, I love you. We Um, love you, Aria. And we love your emotions. (laughs) We love all of you. I love the tough mindedness and the warm heartedness. And, uh, she was only, she was so little. She heard me crying from, from so far away and brought herself and witnessed the whole thing. And she sat in that chair for hours for the whole process. It was so profound. So yeah, thank you for letting me get to share that. Yeah. And not knowing the details and now knowing that it was your daughter, Aria, in that moment and circling back to this new moment and how, right, like you have this newfound awareness of, right, like, oh, wow, I am not my daughter and I'm also my daughter, right? It's that both and like that separation piece and that unification piece of like, you are her, you carry all of that inside of you and you don't have to hold on to whatever is that bubbling up piece, it's bubbling up for you to, for your own healing and, and evolution. And, um, mm-hmm. I just envision this world. Like I want to go to this retreat because I think you and I have talked about this a bit off the record is like practicing. Can we be that loud in the confines of our own home? Can we be that loud when we're outside and we're wanting to process emotions? Can we just be that loud around our, beloveds and feel safe Mm. to express in that way. And just the shift that you're making just again through your two daughters alone is, I mean, that's huge. And then of course, all of the other beautiful work that you do, it's, it's so powerful. And I'm noticing these threads now that are moving through because this week I haven't taught a workshop in a while. And this workshop title called Wound Wisdom has been emerging for me. Mm-hmm. And I think I was going to call it how, how to alchemize the deepest shadow into your, into your divine light. And this is it. Like, this is what I feel. And I've been updating my website a bit. You and I have been chatting because you're still 
supporting me in some consulting over over where I'm moving my business. But like, it's like, oh, I know why I'm here now. Like, this is that piece, the feeling piece, the expression piece, how much shame is put upon us for unleashing Mm. and the practice of Mm. same thing with my honey. Like I can unleash not at him, right? It's like I can unleash in front of him and he now knows and has created the space to witness me in that. And I've practiced the discernment of when am I unleashing onto him through a wound, through fear? And when am I just allowing this energy to move and be my fullest expression and just let it erupt so that I then can like come back to center and find my words and be able to have a conversation with him about what's emerging for me. Um, Mm -hmm. So anything that you want to add to that feels important. Definitely. Well, it's interesting about this. Yeah. The safety to make noise. So in this two week period after all of this went down abruptly she's left the school left the volleyball team it's just she's sitting in her in her experience of cause and effect and after a certain amount of time i just met her there and said it's okay right it's okay to make a mess to make mistakes like it's important to feel the impact i believe right like to go there to make sure there there is empathy and understanding um, but not to stay in there. So once I really felt that, I was like, I told her about some, some things that I've done, big mistakes, big messes. And then it was a full moon that night. And I was like, let's go out and make some noise. And so we took the gong out and we sneak up the steps and there's this whole thing. And we're in like the suburbs and we start hitting the shit out of this gong. And all the neighbors <laughs> are like, what the fuck is that? And it's something just took us over. We were like, priestesses dancing in the night under the moon. And my mom came out furious because we're living at my mom's right now. We're in this sacred in-between time of like my old life and the new life that's happening. And we laughed so hard. And there was some sort of transmission that happened in that. Mm. And, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's really powerful. And so, yeah, like starting to, you know, modeling that, like being a disruptor with intention or just being ourselves knowing, and you and I talk about this a lot, like, you know, we both hold codes that can activate or I forget the other word that you said, but um, unnerving. Yeah. Trigger yeah, unner- unnerving. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, just, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's quite a thing, you know, and ultimately where that sense of safety comes in and, and the discernment, you know, I've had, a, I had a betrayal from someone close to me, a woman in my life, the first betrayal from a woman in my life in this lifetime that I remember. Um, and my kids were really privy to it and the impact. And so I do feel like there's, it's, it is so much like the first period of, um, supporting women, whether it's my children or the first few steps of the empowerment process, it's so insulated. It's so protective. It's all about nurture. It's all about love. It's all about safety. And then it's like, okay, they're resourced. It's time to now go out. Like you were saying. So yeah, the noise making is so big for, for both of us. I know. And, um, it's really, I find, I, I really do just experiment. I'm continuing to experiment. I, I always will on this one, on the sound. Yeah, same. And, you know, when you were talking about the therapist with this, the apology piece, you know, cause you and I were talking again off the record around like dissolving our relationships. And I'm noticing, like, I just don't feel the, the shifting of relationships as much and the dissolving as much, like just being in full trust of that. And there's times where I am in deep process of like, you know, alchemizing or like being in forgiveness or apologizing for someone who's no longer in my life, who's someone who's no longer on this planet, who's someone that I don't feel ready to connect with in that way. And then there's times where a conversation feels important and feels warranted. And so there's that piece where I'm noticing like, oh yeah, I can have this conversation with myself and it can feel complete. Mm -hmm. And that conditioning that the world wants to tell us like this is the only way to be in forgiveness this is the only way to apologize or to recognize i love what you said like instead of an apology it's like yeah let's recognize the impact that's it like let's not apologize for any aspect of who we are 
Let's feel it. Let's be with it. Let's create the space so that we can recognize the impact. And once we're in that grounded, anchored space, we then have the information to know what to do with that. Oh my gosh. So profound, Sasha. (laughs) (laughs) And you just reminded me that I'm moving in with my dad temporarily in the in-between of moving from Sarasota (gasps) to Asheville. And so I'm like, Noticing ah. things are coming up for me. Um, that sure. like there's fears. There's like, oh my gosh, I've got my altar back here. Or like, what if we fight? Or like, what if he sees me? Or what if like there's a part of me that I don't want to show? And then I'm like, oh, and what if I signed up for this mm. for some deep healing work? So has there been any healing that has happened while living with your mom in this in between time between your old life and your new life? So much. It's been so profound. When I look back at my deathbed, this will be one of the highlights. Mm -hmm. And this is where it, the universe really came in and made a mess for me to move in with my mom. And I'm like, oh, the divine perfection of this, this had to happen. This had to happen. I was supposed to be here. And in addition to my mom just turned 61. And so she's, and she has been chronically overweight for my entire life. And I had really, I used to hold on to a prayer of like her losing all the weight and like feeling safe in, in her radiating her beauty and like in certain ways, like I won't go into things with her. So during this time, she has been on a profound release journey and has released over 80 pounds and has, is continuing. Like this is just like, she's on a trajectory because of choices where she's releasing all of the excess weight and protection. So not only has it been like, I feel like her soul called me as her eldest daughter to come and bear sacred witness, which has been really profound. There's also been a ripple effect around, around just that the, the belonging and the witnessing and like the deep trust the deep trust in everything is as it should be. And so, yeah, like witnessing her and her transformation, her being such an ally, she was really encouraging of me to get divorced when I did. I went all in with my ex-husband and we did all of the therapies, all of the things. And I was like, I I finally reached a crossroads and she was the one that said, you can do this. It's going to be really hard and you can do this and do it now. Don't wait until the kids are grown, like do it now. And she had never given me advice before, but this was after a lot. And so there's something too around this transition. And, and also like you were saying, this opportunity to not bend or change who I am. I parent the same way I parent as if we lived alone and we don't agree on all things. And some things that I've been doing around healing my relationship with the sacred masculine and getting to her to witness me in this incredible love relationship with my boyfriend and you know, saying my mantras out loud, I love men and men love me. That triggers a lot of women, <laughs> you know, it brings, like the anger, the unintegrated, you know, unlooked at anger. And so there's been so many tears, so much laughter. It's been so healing to crawl in bed with her um, and be holding all of these roles so intimately. So it's felt like one big extended like summer camp out. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I could go on and on. The healing has been profound and I know it's rippling in all directions. Well, I would love to reflect back to you because you may not remember that when you told me you were moving in with your mother, you mentioned that you thought that this would happen with the releasing for your mom, like before it happened. So that trust factor of like, even before that you had actually moved in Mm. of like, wow, I feel like it's going to be deeply healing for myself and for my mom. And of course, your, your girls get to receive that ripple. So do you remember telling me that? And now I am. And now I want to ask you, do you have any insight around the healing that's going to happen while you're living with your dad and your husband? Yeah. It's funny. I was like, should I go there? Should I not? And now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So um, I've always had a close relationship with my dad, but there's still this like wanting to please and like really wanting him to accept me and like noticing even with the selling of my house, like where I want his opinion and where I want to make sure he's approving my decisions and just like noticing when I do that and then noticing when it's not in alignment and like my wounds that come up and my triggers and, and 
I'm like, okay, this is interesting to explore. And so much of my spiritual journey, I've been so afraid with my family more than anyone else. Like I could go on a podcast, I could go on social media, but the second that my immediate family knows truly who I am at my core, there's a deep-rooted fear of not belonging and of feeling like rejection is going to like, like they're just going to say, whoa, who are you? Or whoa. Mm. And that has not been my experience, right? It's like the mind creates these constructs that like, you don't want to do this. You don't want to go there because you will not belong. And so, so much of my journey over the last couple of years in this awakening journey has been like, I belong to myself. Like that has been my mantra. I belong to myself and everything outside of that is just a bonus. <laughs> and that supported me in just honoring the integrity of who I am. And what I found is even though my family doesn't understand, there's a lot of curiosity and there's a lot of like, how do you know this? Or like, wow, this is deeply inspirational. And like, wow, you're really helping people, right? Like that, like, I have no idea what you're doing. And I'm curious. And it's teaching me that I don't need to fix anyone. I don't need to like shift anything in my family dynamics or anything with anyone in my life. I just get to be myself. And when people get curious enough, I get to share more of my world. And so I don't feel the need to divulge everything with my family. And yet if they see something online or they tune into my podcast, you know, that's where like writing the book, sharing about the near drowning experience and like how my dad was watching me. And I feel like I'm healing to circle back a deep wound of the unhealed masculine within me through my relationship with my father. And I love him and he is like my world and noticing the parts of me that are, it's more of, I'm afraid to, for him to not, to not belong to him anymore. Mm. And I'm excited to explore that. Like, I'm afraid to move in there for temporarily. It's very short, but like, I'm also so excited because I know the, I know that I'm committed and by default, he will continue to be committed to deepening our relationship and me being like, this is who I am and not feeling the drag of all of that fear of what if. Mm. So. I want to mention this before we wrap up because I feel that I, I thought that the rise of the feminine meant that we just needed to continue to, to, to connect with the feminine. And I left the masculine for many years. And what I'm finding is for me, it's about healing the masculine wounding within me first. And the divine feminine is there and she is ready to fill that chalice within me of life force. And that was a huge piece that I was missing was where am I in wounds around the church? Where am I in wounds around Father God? Where am I still afraid to be my full self with my father and afraid of what he may think of me? And that feels like the, like the piece of integration that is going to catapult me as we're in this eclipse portal into this next layer of true self-expression and true honoring of of self. So, yeah, I would love your thoughts on that and and if if, if that feels resonant or related to the the unhealed masculine and totally. Any any and all. Well, I started crying. I don't know if you saw <laughs> that when you're talking about your your relationship with your father and I'm just oh, so happy with you. I'm so so excited to hear all the things that happen in in your brief time together, living together and then in your new home and I agree a hundred percent. Back in 2015, my mom invited me to go on one of her goddess pilgrimages to Glastonbury. She had an extra room. And, um, so I went and, um, the girls were maybe four and six, something like that. They were little. And, um, I went in search for the divine feminine. And when I got there, I was met over and over by the divine masculine. So in this sacred, place, Glastonbury, England, um, there's all these goddess sites and goddess centers. So it's like, you know, went to the white spring 
which is like, you know, in honor of the divine feminine and they're floating in the spring water naked was an elderly man. And there were all these men chanting and singing in honor to the goddess with candles everywhere. And then went to the priestess center, like this place up these stairs. And it's all, I'm going to be initiated by the priestess. And I met by a priest of the goddess Mm -hmm. and he was in all purple. And I just, I was like, what's happening? Like, I just kept going like to find the divine feminine. And I was met by the divine masculine that supports the divine feminine. So there's all these stories of going to these, it was, it was so repetitive. And I, so I got the codes of that, the, the divine, the healthy resource divine masculine, because I really didn't have that previously with my own. I love my father so much. And like, he ran a lot of fear and ran a lot of, you know, just, there were so many things that he wanted to meet me, but he couldn't, I feel like my relationship with my father was he loved me unconditionally and fully. And I am my father and I'm also not my father. And from the time of very little, like four years old, I remember being at a movie with him, the father of the bride, you know, and thinking like, oh, that looks so nice. And looking at my dad, that's not my experience this lifetime, you know? And I just always had this image of him tossing me up as high as he could. That was the best he could do for me. And that was a lot. And he like, so anyway, so from that time I came home from Glastonbury and it was all about divine masculine. It's been all this last, you know, seven year cycle was all around understanding, like you said, the, 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 the chalice, like, oh, the container for the divine feminine that I already am. There's nowhere to seek. It was more about being held and met. And so that's been so my journey and the culmination of really, of go, really going all in on that has been profound to say the least. And now I'm in another chap cycle and, you know, I'm integrated in, but it's no accident that one, that the man who we both know who um, was actually like supported in divine masculine in my life, Aaron Glassman, he co-owns the cottage that houses the white spring. And he just went back in pilgrimage. So it's just, there's so many things. It's only, you know, like the saying, you can only connect the dots looking backwards. It's, um, it just, it just, I'm so in awe of how magical life really can be when we allow it to be. Yeah. And we don't, we don't have to get into all the details, but now you've, you're, you're calling in some divine masculine yumminess in your life. You've called in, I shall say, and you know, I see it with my husband all the time too. Like I told, I told you, Sasha, that I watched this documentary called The Burning Times and I'm really connecting with the persecution of women that, and it was really women, men and children, but 75 to 85% were women, mm. 9 million, 75 to 85% women in the 14th and 15th century. And like, they're calling it the Holocaust of women of those times and just how much it's not talked about. And I remember my husband coming in and being like, yeah, babe, like just talking about how things, just how everything transpired. And my husband was like, yeah, babe, I wasn't one of those men. (laughs) And I believed him. And I feel like we've called each other back in, in this lifetime for him to just like witness me, like you said. And, and it's like the practice behind closed doors of him witnessing me and him not judging this awakening journey at all, not understanding it, but not judging it at all and laying, letting that be the foundation for practicing with my dad and other men who come into my life and just people in general, um, which feels, it feels so, feels so profound. So, you know, to me, this is the shift in frequency in terms of the archetype of the masculine and feminine codes that are coming online and, and that sacred union. So thank you for sharing these beautiful stories Mm. with me. Mm. All right, my love, let everyone know how they can reach you and get in touch with you and all of the ways that these people can enter your world. I didn't like, I usually do an intro before this. Mm -hmm on my own. So just be prepared that I'm going to gawk over Sasha and I'm going to like 
give you why she's literally probably top five favorite humans I've ever met in my life. And um, yeah, I'll leave it there. I'll leave it when I'm in the privacy of my recording studio master bedroom closet to share my heart with you all (laughs) how much I respect you as a woman, as a mother, as a friend, as an ally, and just like leaning into all of it. So I I would highly encourage you all to to connect with Sasha in one way and 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 to receive her medicine because she's got a lot to offer. Mm, thank you, Lindsay, so much. I receive all of that and reflect it all back to you as well. <laughs> and so yeah, if you're you know enjoyed this conversation and want want to stay connected, I have my own podcast. It's called Exploring All That Is Sacred. I would love for you to come on over there and follow and. And also, um, I am a master empowerment coach and I'm working with a small number of women on their awakening journey. So you can connect with me at my website, sign up for my email list and um, be first to know about all of the other amazing things, retreats and courses and things like that. Thank you. Any final wisdom nuggets to leave our beloved community with before we pop off if they're in the middle of their dark night of the soul or just in it right now during this eclipse time, just feeling all the feels. Yes. Yes. Okay. So yes, there is something. So in the times in where in any time, the quickest way to co-create the reality that we want is to really connect to the desired feeling state. How do you want to feel? You don't need to know the details. And that was the biggest advice that Aaron gave me when I was going through my divorce journey. And I started to do what a lot of people do. They make the list. Oh, this is who I want. This is this. And he's like, stop. Drop into the feeling of how you want to feel in his presence. Who is he? Like feel. And long story short, um, my man, Joel, we've been together a year next month. He also is on his spiritual path and he connected to the feeling state of, of me and wrote a whole manifesto of who I am in detail, how we feel, what we're, and he overlaid it, him speaking with speaking it, overlaying it with the heart frequency sound. And he would listen to this on repeat every night for four months. And we met about five months after that. And I have never felt more spiritually wanted. So, and that was really like the feeling of like, like the, and so just like playing with, um, the power of emotion, which I know, you know, is we, we've talked about like around in different ways, but the way to manifest through emotion is really connecting to the feeling. Like, how do you want to feel not bypassing any emotions that you're experiencing now, but just the, the emotional manifestation is something that I just, um, I think everybody um, can benefit from. So that's where I'll leave it today. And you just reminded me that I think we were on the phone as you were walking up to your date. You were wearing that. Remember, you were like, I'm wearing this dress. You were wearing like a red dress, was it? And you were walking. I think it was the first time you were meeting him. Was that right? I was, I think it wasn't that one because I knew I was going to meet him. And so I was. Quiet, but it was the second date. I had a very short dating window. I dated three men in two weeks and went on like three. Anyway, and Joel was the third match. So anyway, okay. it was the whole thing. Yes, it was the second guy. But. I just remember you were like, I'm walking down the street and the sun is shining. I, I was just talking to you and you were just so in your element and so <gasps> vibrant. And so you were just like, and you told me the story. <gasps> about how all of this was coming together. So again, oh, it was that. Yes, you're right. It was that I was boxering you or something. Okay, I'll go back and look at the date stamp. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's just supportive for me because it's like the beginning pieces of you, right? We weren't going to go there. But this is like, this is why it's so supportive to call in your your allies too, or to have some sort of archives, whether you journal or you have a podcast or whatever it is, because with you moving in with your mom, it's like you felt the healing, the deep healing that was going to happen. And now you're in it and you're integrating it and you're on the other side. Yeah. Same thing with calling in your beloved Joel. And um, I forgot about that. And I just was like, oh my gosh, like I, I, I visioned, I could feel what you looked like in my mind's eye <laughs> as you were talking about 
you walking up to go meet him. <laughs> That's right. I think I, okay. I remember this now. Yes. It's so funny. You know, it's it the, the memory keepers and that's, yeah. I'll just share one last thing. Like the, I have a collaborative empowerment project movement with some friends called Be Sisterhood. And we have a retreat coming up next month and Lindsay's going to be, be there, there for part of it. And um, so, yeah, I think this is really important about the allies, you know, like, who we surround ourselves with really matters. So if you're looking to spend in-person time, meet some new friends, be witnessed, have that, you know, the level of um, really like, I don't know what the word is. I'm falling blank. It doesn't feel like there's any, but like quality, sincere women who are on their path. We'd love to have you there. So you can check it out at B-Sisterhood, B-E-E-Sisterhood.com. And I'll put everything in the show notes. And Sasha had me on her podcast a couple months back as well. And so I'll I'll make sure to put all of the amazing ways to connect with you in the show notes below. So yes, I'll be at the retreat. And um, I always say yes to what Sasha's offering as long as like I'm in that space of of receiving because she's the real deal. And, you know, she walks the walk, she talks the talk, and it's always in full integrity and transparency, which I so appreciate. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. We went deep in this one. It was yummy. I can't wait to go back and listen and to glean the wisdom from this episode. And we'll catch you next week for another episode of Soul Shine Radio. Much love. Thank you so much for your presence and contribution in tuning in today. If you found value from this episode, I invite you to take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram. You can tag me at Lindsay Martin Ellis. I always love hearing from you, so I invite you to send me a love note via direct message and share your experience and ahas. Also, I have a beautiful free offering for you if you have not already taken advantage of my free quiz to discover your unique soul's blueprint so that you can activate your feminine frequency and embody more of you. You can find the link below in the show notes. And lastly, I invite you to leave a rating and review if any of my content in these podcast episodes resonates. This is the best and most effective way to support this podcast and reaching more people awakening around the globe. You can simply leave a quick review to share what you love most about my teachings and how this has impacted your life. Thanks again so much for being here from the bottom of my heart. And we'll see you next week for another episode of Soulshine Radio. Sending so many love and blessings.